In this episode, we're going to learn the number one reason why marketing funnels and campaigns fail. Our guest, Len Ward, is going to give us the formula on how we can calculate a realistic marketing return on investment. Welcome to the Entrepreneur's Marketing Journey Podcast, where we help coaches, course creators, and consultants who are struggling to grow their business's revenue. Hey, it's Matt Hepburn. I'm a digital marketing professional with 14 years of experience working as a consultant, working in agencies both large and small, and for the past eight years in the enterprise sector for some of the biggest brands out there. I provide the latest digital marketing tips for coaches, course creators, and consultants so that you can grow your business's bottom line across marketing channels. Hey there, Len. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Great, Matt. Thanks for having me today. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Uh, the overarching uh, conversation on this is going to be around ROI and customer acquisition costs. So it's uh, it's sometimes seen as a dry topic, but I know that you're going to bring a lot of levity to this and, and make it very, very interesting so so business owners and, and SEOs get it. So I was hoping you could talk a little bit about um, who you are and what your experience is, and then we can jump into the questions if that's okay. Sure. So my name is Len Ward. Uh, I am the principal of Ward Consulting. We consult with business owners, CMOs, and actually even CFOs regarding the return on their marketing investment. Um, and, you know, just kind of to touch on because you're SEO, I actually started this whole thing. I was in investment banking. And after investment banking, when I was running an e-commerce company, I was part of the SEO heyday way back about 18, 18 19 years ago. So at my core, I am an SEO person. So uh, I think how I arrived at this juncture in my career actually is all because of what I was learning from an SEO perspective and trying to identify a return on that. That's that's really great. And uh, at the core of what I, I think of what you're talking about is really for businesses, what they want is they want sales, right? So at the end of the day, they want sales. So how do we get them that? And what does it cost? And, and um, you know, is a campaign performing or is it doing miserably? So uh, to that effect, I'm going to just jump into the questions um, if that's okay with you. Sure. Awesome. So uh, my first question is, you talk about customer acquisition costs or CAC. Uh, what is that and how do you calculate that uh, CAC? Yep. So I would say most likely I call that the most elusive metric in business. Customer acquisition costs is, is literally what it says. It is how much it costs to acquire your customer. Within your customer acquisition costs is all of your investments in marketing and all of your investment in sales. Uh, and even some of the things that you may not consider marketing and sales, when you put all of those numbers together, you arrive at one bulk number. You then divide that by the amount of customers you generate it over the time of that investment. So whether you're in total investment, if you want to look at over a year, over two years, whatever it may be, you divide the number of new sales or new clients you have by that number. And that gives you a loose customer acquisition cost. So that's basically what it is in a very simplistic nutshell. Okay, that sounds that sounds interesting. So, why is it important to understand your CAC? You have to understand your customer acquisition cost because the customer acquisition cost is actually what's going to get you to your revenue number. Too many companies identify a return on investment from marketing by saying, "I invested this in marketing, and this is what I got out of it." And unfortunately, that is not the way the modern buyer goes. Now, yes, if you are in an emergency service, if you are emergency dentistry, or if you're emergency lawyer 
um, or something along those lines, or even e-commerce, you can definitely say, I invested $1,000 in Google AdWords and I got XYZ back. However, the average buyer's journey has way more than one or two touch points. It can be upwards of 10 to 15 to 20 touch points before they engage with your brand and purchase your product. You need to know what that investment is along those buyer's journey to really identify and say, okay, this is the investment we put in all along a buyer's journey, and this is what type of business we got from it. The minute you understand your customer acquisition costs, you can then scale your business. You then know exactly where to allocate your marketing dollars, and you have better flexibility with your company and how to look at your overall sales and marketing investment. Okay. So you made me uh, think of a, another question that I didn't give you ahead of time. So sure. um, because you're talking about the buyer's journey, right? Um, do you break down sometimes the CAC uh, two different sections of the buyer's journey? So you can say like this showed this much um, this delivered this versus this other section of the buyer's journey? Okay, that's a good question. So what I'll do is I'll, re I'll rephrase exactly what you just did and maybe it, it's easier to understand. Right. Um, or to answer, not understand, you understand it. It's easier to answer your question. So your customer acquisition cost and the allocation within the customer acquisition cost, and I mean, how much money do you vet towards sales? How much do you vet towards AdWords? How much do you vet towards SEO? How much do you vet towards public relations? and so forth, that's predicated on the holes you have in your sales funnel. The sales funnel or buyer's journey, however you want to call it, is exactly where your customer acquisition costs must be allocated. So it's kind of difficult to say what's my return along each you know, awareness, consideration, purchase, um, you know, retention, advocacy. It's kind of difficult to identify a return on investment on each um, on each metric or each thing there, what you want to look at is KPIs along the buyer's journey and say, are we eventually hitting our the return on investment we're looking for, which eventually is going to lead us to our revenue goal. So hopefully that answers your question a little more. That's kind of how you want to take a look at it. No, I love that. And the reason being that in most enterprise organizations and, and mid-sized organizations, there's a multi-touch uh, perspective as to you know what different channels uh, whether it was last touch or, you know, how you were talking about how many times a buyer comes in and, and touches on these other channels. So it could be, you know, they came in, they read a press release or they uh, came in for early stage um, marketing that was non-branded, right? So they're getting a little bit of awareness on the pain points that they're, they're looking to, to deal with. Um, maybe it's product pages. So it's a little bit further on in the buyer's journey. And, and so that's case studies and that's, that's uh, testimonials and, and what have you and, and so on and so forth. Right. And then of course, there's all the paid strategies and landing pages and, and things that they could go to. Uh, so I love that because what you're really talking about, like it's cohesive for all these different touch points and all in, this is what the cost of acquisition is for a specific client. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, even to touch on a little more, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, when you look at that, it, it is on how you allocate those costs. I mean, even in a more simplistic fashion, if you're sitting there collectively as a company and you're saying to yourself, okay, well, you know, we're trying to do a million dollars in you know revenue this year, and we just really don't have the leads. Well, then you're going to find yourself allocating a lot of your customer acquisition costs towards Google AdWords because you're trying to generate those leads. 
if you're saying to yourself, hey, you know what? Um, really, nobody really knows about our brand too much. We're just not getting any traffic. You know, the leads are there, but we'd like it to be a little bit more. Well, then that's where let's take a step back and you should be investing in the awareness stage, you know, awareness stage ads and Facebook and so forth. And, you know, lastly, just to kind of just touch on another thing, if you're looking at if there's a hole all the way down the bottom of your pipeline, hey, look, we're getting leads, we're getting traffic, we're getting leads or KPIs, but we're just not converting. Well, at that point, then yeah, you do need to be investing in in the purchase side of things. And that is where maybe SEO kicks in and making sure that you have the right content that individuals can find online, uh, making sure you have case studies and so forth. So yeah, it's really understanding how to maneuver the actual customer acquisition cost with you know within that buyer's journey that's really going to make you successful and ultimately hit your goal. So that really complicates things when we're trying to figure out, uh, you know, where the spend is, right? If we're looking, uh, it's great that we can say like, here's how much it costs. But uh, I know a lot of market leaders are going to be like, well, yeah, but I need budget for this channel, right? So if you could go into a little bit of how do you find your marketing ROI and maybe even like break it down by channel from this strategy, that'd be great. Okay. So that's kind of a, a loaded question. Yeah, I know. Uh, <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> so, <clears throat> excuse me. Um, so identifying your return on investment is truly looking at how much did I put into my customer acquisition cost? Like what was my total investment sales and marketing divided by the lifetime value of my customer? So how much money is a customer going to give me over the course of say, one year, two year, three years, and so forth? You know, maybe it is a one-time one -time purchase. Maybe they just purchase, purchase a thousand dollar product and you go from there. And eventually you, you, you arrive at what's called a lifetime value ratio. Um, so for every dollar you put in to sales and marketing, you get $3 over the course of the lifetime value. That would make you arrive at a three to one lifetime value ratio. Um, so th those are the types of numbers that I feel as if marketers are not having conversations with their clients. And quite honestly, that's really not their job. The business owner, when they show up to the marketer, they should say, look, we're trying to hit a million dollars. We understand to get to a million dollars that our investment's going to at least have to be roughly $350,000. We know that. Um, it's up to the marketer to step back and say, okay, well, if that's what you're telling me, that's what it is. And I'm looking at your buyer's journey and I noticed the whole right here. I'll come back to leads again is like, wow, okay, look, you really need leads. And the way we all know in this world that you're going to generate leads right now for, you know, I know we can get in depth on this conversation, but it is Google AdWords, is maybe Facebook leads and so forth. And currently right now, the bidding environment is this. And you have to tell the clients, if you're looking to generate 50 leads, because you'll close 25 sales, 25 sales will get you to a million dollars. To get those leads, it's probably going to cost you XYZ on pay-per-click. It's probably going to cost you XYZ on Facebook. And you have to put those hard numbers in front of the business owner and say, look, those numbers are flexible. The bidding environment could change. And you have to have that conversation. Too many times business owners come back and say, well, I can't spend that. And they basically are looking for a return that's not realistic. So educating your client on the actual investment cost that these platforms are, re are requiring is absolutely essential to the success of a marketing and eventually getting to a profitable ROI. No, that's that's perfect. Um, there's, especially when you're talking about um, I think you might've mentioned lawyers, you know, some of the most expensive keywords out there, personal injury lawyer, something like that, $200 per click. Um, so it's really important, whether it's a lawyer or whatever business, SaaS business, whatever it is, that they really understand what that investment is. And I love the fact that you're talking about putting that up front and saying, this is the minimum of what you need and like to, to get this many leads. 
And that's assuming that they close that 50%, right? You know, uh, 25 out of, out of 50. Uh-huh. Uh, so I, you, I would assume that you probably say, you know, have room in there to say, if, if we do not close a certain amount of leads within a certain amount of time that you're going to need, you're going to need more leads, right? Your cost is going to go up. So, or, or the flip side of you're not closing the leads and at a really, really good close rate for overall industries is 25%, unless you have some sort of purple cow that I'm not aware of, right? But no, 25%, you're really, you're, you're doing well. Um, then we take a step back and say, okay, maybe we need to stop getting as many leads. It's not about getting more and more leads. Let's take a look at what you're doing to the actual, your lead nurturing. What's happening on you trying to convert this salesperson? Is the salesperson not working? Is the content that you're putting out there not relevant? Why are they not buying your product? Is it simply price? So that's normally a huge mistake that businesses do is they jump right in and say, we need more leads. Well, ask yourself, I, I said this one time to a roofer. He's like, well, I need more leads. And we were talking about, let's just say we got you XYZ leads. And he said, okay. I said, where do you think the capitulation point is? I'm like, do you think if we're generating you 15,000 leads a month for roofs that we have a major roofing epidemic on our hands? Like what's going on? You know, he's like, well, I didn't look at it that way. I'm like, well, you need to. I'm like, you know, because at some point you have to say, here's my market share. This is what I'm trying to go after. And if 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 I am getting the leads in, that's that's good. Like, you know, not one lead, but it leads where I feel comfortable. Why am I not converting? Because a lot of times businesses, you know, this is where marketers get a, a, a raw deal. And this is the number one reason why I I got into this consulting on this side is because I felt as if sales and business owners and the CFOs, as everybody was throwing the marketers, the SEOs and the pay-per-clicks under the bus. And I'm like, wait a minute, if you're not closing, don't tell me it's a bad lead. I want to immediately know why we're not closing, what's the offer and so forth. So kind of rambling, but just kind of capitalizing on the point you said. No, it's not rambling at all. It's really, really important. Um, you know, uh, one of the things I, I love to see in content and I love to see sales people do is talk about you know, what is the pain points that, you know, they're, they're identifying and they're, uh, the pain points that the, the user has, right? And they're talking to them about like, what is, what is, you know, if everything, if I could wave my magic wand and make everything great, what would that mean to you? Well, how would that look? No matter what product it is, right? So um, if the salespeople are not really identifying in some fashion that to the user um, that their pain points are going to be fixed, right? Then uh, then it's really just price point. It, so. Price point. And then that's actually raises a, a better point. So if all things are equal, right? If we're looking at a pipeline, we're getting leads. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, you know, we feel as if maybe we're converting, but not to the point of where it's going to hit our revenue goal. And it does come down the price point. I think this is where we're headed for marketing. And I think this is actually a really good spot. I do believe the next horizon of marketing, I think we're actually on the prefaces of a really great time in marketing. And I'll tell you why. Because I feel as if with the advent of a lot of, we can go into AI and everything else, I believe the playing field is getting equal. And I think if people are beginning to understand the marketing investment, although I that I still think we're way behind on that, um, but it's going to force innovation. So I think your average plumber, your average dentist, your average lawyer and so forth, they're going to have to try to innovate. So we could be on the brink of a lot of really cool innovations because now you're at the stage of like, look, I'm just like if I'm Seth Godin said it great. Well, if you sell a hammer and you sell a hammer, what the heck's the difference outside of price? It's innovation. So I think we're there and that's going to fuel great content, great SEO and, and just more great ideas. And I think we're 
we're close. I, unfortunately, I think the companies that don't engage the understanding the price and don't understand that innovation is going to be the separator are going to be the ones in this economy that we're heading to. Unfortunately, I think are going to kind of wash away. And you know, I'm absolutely there with you. You have to set yourself differently, uh, and for the marketers, right? You have to set yourself. Uh, how are you going to do things differently? You have to have your core competencies and what everybody else is doing, but what else are you going to do? What else are you going to bring to the table that's going to be different? That's going to help the business that other brands aren't using. So if you can do that, and then you can do the same thing. If the brand can say, my product that I'm selling is unique because of this, right? That's going to be the key differentiator as to if the if that solves specific pain points that the other brands are not covering, then that could be the difference in a sale. So, yeah, and 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 you know, and that and even with that, it's like I think the thing you want to look at with that is a lot of times over the last five years, ten years, because of what we've been moving so fast, companies assume marketers are going to come up with that. That's not a marketer's job. Yeah. A marketer's job is to take your product, put it in front of the right audience, and make sure we have the right creative wrapped around it. It is up to your team internally, salespeople and internal team to come in and say, this is what's going to really solve the problem and make Jenny Jones really happy because we've just solved her problem. And then we'll take it, put creative on it, and then go market it for you. Um, but but I think the onus is coming back to business owners. And it's not just, you know, just somebody sitting around a room screaming, I need more leads. I, I Hopefully, we're beginning to move beyond the I need more leads conversation. So I, I think to the point that we were just talking about, the onus on the marketers is to stop beating our chests when we're writing content and saying how great we are and really just talk about those pain points on the product and how does that you know, solve the issue for the user. And if we do that uh, within uh, you know, our discovery content and we if we do that within our case studies, because now we're going to have users who are going to actually say, this is great because of X, Y, and Z, and this is why it was great for me. Then you have your users actually beating the chest for you, right? And I think that's kind of like where it needs to move to. So uh, I was wondering if you could talk about how to attribute ROI to the different stages of the buyer's journey uh, across different source medium. And I know that's really hard because when we're just talking about that, CAC, we're kind of talking, you know, the uh, 10,000 foot view going down, but how do we do that on a channel basis um, and make it clear to businesses? This is where it gets a little gray. And I normally tell clients, you know, clients will come back and they'll do reporting. And, you know, when I sit down with clients and I'll sit down with a client and then we bring their agency in and Normally the first question is, okay, well, I need to know what's working and not working. And I say, well, why don't we, why don't we say this first? I'm like, let's take a look at your return on investment this quarter, or let's take a look at whatever it may be. And I'm like, if we're at, you know, whatever, what is your profitable number? Is it three to one, four to one, five to one? And is is that number realistic considering the bidding environment and what the the money we actually have to invest in sales and marketing to get to that return? Uh, there are some people who are unrealistic saying I need to be at 15 to 20 to one. And that's just, you know, yeah. not going to happen. And I can touch on that later. So if, if we start the conversation there, then we start working our way back and we start saying, okay, well, we know that that is the main objective getting to this. I think to what you need to do to answer your question there is to start saying, okay, well, along the awareness consideration purchase, we'll just say those three for now sure. and the channels that we're in, 
we have to start saying, what are the KPIs we're hitting within there? So in the awareness stage, let's just say we're running a, a Facebook ad. And I'm just, for argument's sake, I'm just going to run through something, but this by no means is an exact science. You know, so if you're saying, okay, well, we know that if we have um, 5,000 people saw a Facebook ad, that's the impressions we got. We know that uh, 25 people actually landed on our page. The 25 people that landed on our page, we now know that they actually maybe signed up to join the email list and so forth. There's our KPI. So KPI one is, did we hit 25,000 impressions? Or I forget the number I just said, whatever, whatever, whatever number of impressions, did we hit that impressions? Did the 25 people go in and did they, you know, actually land on the page and did the whatever number actually fill out a form? So that's how you want to start looking at each thing. And that's kind of, that's where I start putting on my old digital marketing hat that I ran for years and saying, it's not ROI within each sector. It's what KPIs are we hitting within the buyer's journey? If we're hitting all the KPIs that we've benchmarked, and by the way, it may take some time. It may take a quarter or two. It might even take upwards of a year to truly get the KPIs that we know we have to hit to get the profitability. That's how you have to start looking at. Um, that's how you have to start looking at you know ROI within those sectors. So it's more of a KPI. Then the question is, okay, well, what if we're not hitting it? Well, then you have to take a step back and say, is it the creative? Are we not hitting the right audience? Is our offer not there? Quite honestly, are we not paying enough? Not Normally, the number one thing I come back to is how much money you're spending. Uh, we're not spending enough money. Maybe there's not an investment in SEO. You know, maybe, well, you know, or there's not an investment in public relations, you know, where we know individuals are leaning on to find more information about you. So that's kind of how you look at it from a nutshell without me getting way too granular. I think that's how you address the, okay, well, how do I understand my return on the investment in each individual, you know, section of the buyer's journey? So I think you just answered my next question, which was how can we properly establish a marketing ROI? Uh, would there be a practice that we would uh, want to do quarterly or anything to that just expands on what you were just talking about with the business? Yeah. So normally when we set up clients, it's when we, when I'm, sitting down and I'm working with a client from a consulting perspective, it is one of the very first questions is, you know, we have a session where we sit down and we're just going through the finances and we just sit down and we basically say, okay, you want to hit a million dollars. You know, what's the average cost of your product? Well, you know, our average cost of our product is, you know, a thousand dollars. And then we say, well, okay, well, you know, how many, you know, you know, what's your close rate? And they always lie about the close rate and so yep. forth. They would probably it's 90% and it's never 90%. Um, but then we we kind of go in and we basically say, okay, and basically we establish where we need XYZ amount of people to interact with the brand, which is going to generate XYZ leads. We know XYZ leads are going to be XYZ product demos. And if we do XYZ product demos, we know that we're going to get XYZ close, which is going to produce XYZ lifetime value. So on a quarterly basis, what we do is we basically come in and say, what are the KPIs in the buyer's journey? Let's wrap them all up in a ball. Next up, how many leads did it produce? How many product demos? If it's software, I'm just kind of going off the cuff there. And then how many sales do we get? That's how we look at it. That's the conversation we start before we get into any type of metric. As a matter of fact, if anyone is not having that conversation during a marketing call or a marketing reporting call and you're not starting there, your marketing campaign, if it's not off the rails, it will soon go off the rails. No, I, I love that. So are there any um, you know, uh, industry, st industry standards that you can give us maybe for the show notes or something about what that XYZ is, uh, what, what you should expect for if you put this much in, you'll get this much out or anything like that? 
That's all. That's that's a great question because, uh, and that's the one I always use. The, the it's impossible to forecast that because mm-hmm. every company has different holes in their sales pro or in their sales funnel. Again, sales funnel buyer's journey. I kind of look at is very basically intertwined and working similar. Right. Um. So everybody has a different hole. You may come across a company where their entire buyer's journey or sales process is awesome, but their sales team's brutal. They're just not good. Or you may come have like, you know, you have a really great sales team and they're doing good, but they've never engaged in digital marketing. You know, they've never done anything. They've never done SEO. They've never done pay-per-click. Um, so it's I th- it's a case-by-case basis. That's why when we go in, one of the first things we do is we really do audit. Okay, let's take a look at your funnel. Let's look at your buyer's journey. Let's look at every sales and marketing asset you have, line it up and see where you are. So unfortunately, I would say no. However, there is one number you can come down to. The one number that is typical, the one number that um, Silicon Valley has always used, venture capitalists has always used, is three to one. And that's the number I mentioned earlier. For every dollar you put in the sales and marketing, am I getting $3 back on a lifetime value ratio? Now, you know, the first question is, well, how do I know if that's profitable? Well, that's, again, we'd have to go through look, your operating expenses, you know, your cost of goods sold and so forth. But three to one for a lot of companies is the standard. Um, if you're a company and you're kind of sitting at $5 back, $7 back, that's great. Like I mentioned earlier, the companies that are trying to go in and say, I need a 25 to one, a 50 to one, whenever they tell me that, and they're serious as we all know that, like they, somebody could engage in an SEO campaign for five grand a month and say, I I demand 50,000 a month on that. Or I even take it a step further, pay-per-click. Well, I'll give you $5,000 and I fully expect to get 50 leads and my average product is $10,000. So I expect a hundred thousand dollars in sales. I come back and I say, combined between Google and Facebook each quarter, they're averaging about roughly $60 billion a quarter. How do you think they're making that money? They're not making it by you out optimizing a bad spend. They're doing it because they know exactly what you need to spend so they can make their profit. When business owners really, really understand how Google and Facebook are making their money and all of these digital platforms, at that stage, the number three to one, four to one, five to one starts getting clear, and they're like, "Okay, now I get it." It's, but it's 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 a it's a pretty tough education for them, to be honest with you. No, I I really appreciate that because there are a lot of businesses that that are always asking, "Well, give me the 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 baseline uh, metrics as to what we should expect, right?" Um, and it usually is on different KPIs, but really what it comes down to is they're talking about the amount of sales that they want to make. There, even if they're talking about metrics, they it comes down to that. So I was wondering if you could talk about the number one misconception about marketing ROI that you come across. Exactly what I just said, trying to optimize a bad spend. Okay. The reason, so so I, I've, I've owned two different agencies um, and the last agency I owned was full service, everything. We did everything from A to Z. Um, still a partner in it, but now I focus more on the marketing. I'm sorry, I focus more on the consulting of the financial side. The the reason I, one of the core I got in here, because I said I was tired of, you know, people throwing the marketing people under the bus, but it was, I couldn't believe how many times I was sitting in a room with really, really, really brilliant people and them coming back and saying, yeah, we're spending too much on marketing or, you know, we're just not getting the return they want. It was so unrealistic. So they would sit there and these are the same people who say, yeah, I'm buying Google, I'm buying Facebook stock. I see how far it's growing. And I'm like, do you know how it's growing? Do you know why it's growing like this? And they never got it. So that it's, it's, there's this mantra where we have to get marketing costs down. 
If you have holes in your funnel, and again, if your hole is I need leads, which is the most expensive thing to fill within the sales funnel or the buyer's journey, then unfortunately you are at the total mercy of what Facebook and Google and LinkedIn and whoever else is telling you what you have to spend to generate those leads. So that is the number one issue right now. And if businesses don't understand that in this new iteration of marketing, I think once we get out of this funk of an economy we're in, you know, and a lot of the creator economy and all the stuff like kind of like merging, I feel like marketing is just changing faster than I've ever seen it. Oh, yeah. If you don't understand the numbers as your baseline, I don't know how you're going to compete. Take away the product, take away the creative and all that stuff. If you don't, if you don't have your floor where you feel stability because you understand your numbers, you're not going to be able to make really smart decisions because the decisions have to come very fast in this new marketing environment. Oh yeah. Um, so I was wondering if you can, what your opinion was on how businesses, both small, uh, small, mid-sized, and even enterprise companies should invest in marketing in this economy since the, you know, we're on the brink of a possible recession. Don't know if it's going to happen or not, but, um, you know, um, the global economy is kind of not the strongest it's been in, in a while. So like how should, um, how should businesses invest in marketing moving forward? What would you suggest? So I talk about this quite often and I've been telling my clients this, I actually did a video of this, um, but I call it fortifying the castle. If, if we believe that the your demand for your product is, is drying up a little bit, and we do believe, I think collectively we all agree, something's going on, whether it's a recession or large, small, whatever it may be, I'm in the camp of, I believe, I think we're going to have a rough road for about a year. And then I think things will begin to peak their head up. But I do think we need to prepare for about a year. Fortify your castle. And by that, I mean, if we believe that the lead pool is drying up and you have the finances in which to fortify your castle, it might be time to start pulling money away from lead generation type um, platforms that you're working on. Case in point, it may be a great time to start saying to ourselves, you know what, maybe we need to start creating a little bit more, looking at our, we should maybe take a step back, look at our sales process and is marketing really addressing that sales process? You know, are we creating the content that maybe would move somebody from a prospect to buying? And if that's the type of content we're creating, should we be investing in SEO? Maybe we should be working on a new website and creating new video. Um, there's a million different things you can do, but I do think it would be time to allocate the money away from lead gen and everything is within your customer acquisition cost. It still counts. Move it over to things where you're preparing for the new horizon. You're preparing for the economy to get better. So when the economy does get better, you don't have a customer acquisition cost that's so out of whack because you're trying to fortify your castle, fix pipeline issues. And oh, by the way, now we got to spend on leads and all of that. If you have the patience and if you have the money, take yourself and your marketing team, take a step back and say, where are the holes we're dealing with right now? How can we be a better company to convert business? And what is it going to take to do that? Make those investments now, because in about 18 months, if things are better, you're going to find yourself behind the eight ball because you got to make that investment and a lead investment. And now you're looking at trouble. Yes, I I, I I I totally see that. So how can um how come a small to mid-sized business make a real marketing budget uh going up against what we were just talking about? Right. So I think the marketing budget starts with you have to always come back in and say, um, I I this is the revenue, this is my revenue goal. It's not do not walk into a marketing and say, Hey, oh, how many times have we all heard this on this call? How many times have we heard well, if I make more, I'll spend more. That's not that's not how it works. Right. I have a revenue goal of a million dollars. 
So my revenue goal is a million dollars. Okay, great. Take a step back. What does my pipeline look like? How, like, what is the pipeline all the way through? How am I going to get to a million dollars? Then you have to look in and say, okay, well, this is what it's going to be. Okay, well, I got to invest this. I have to invest that. I have to invest that. Then you're going to identify your customer acquisition cost. Within the customer acquisition cost will be your marketing budget. So before you do anything else, that is exactly how you build out your marketing budget. If I'm at a million dollars, how do I get to a million dollars? How much is it going to cost? Where I actually just say, how much is it going to cost me to get to a million dollars? And then how am I going to get there? When you answer those three questions, your marketing budget is looking right at you. Love it. I love it. And it's actually a lot simpler than uh, what a lot of people actually make it out to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, this has just been fantastic. Uh, I know we could dive down uh, on a ton of other stuff, but um, I guess the main thing that I would want to actually say is why do marketing campaigns, what's, what's the number one reasons that marketing campaigns fail? It comes, and I know I sound like a broken record on this, but it does come back. You're just not making the right investment. Right. It's your, your investment is so unrealistic. Um, it's just, it's not, it's not going to fail. I mean, I, I literally, it got to the end, you know, cause the, the agency that I run now that I'm partners with now, we don't really do digital strategy, digital marketing anymore. We're more into, you know, hosting and development. So the, uh, the agency's morphed, but at the end, when we were doing the digital campaigns before I decided to open up the, um, the consulting where I'm at, I actually stopped taking clients because clients would show up and say, Hey, I have $1,500 to spend on Google and Facebook and a thousand for a management fee. And I'd be like, okay. And I would take a look at their company and they're like a $30 million year company. I'm like, is this for real? And, and, and I know that sounds like comical, but we've all in this industry have seen it before. And then when you don't produce results right away for $3,500, it's like, what do you expect to get out of $3,500? So that is the number one reason. And I can't, I can't emphasize enough. I think one of the reasons I'm I'm trying to push forward with this consulting is to get businesses to understand that marketing forever was one of those things that you just jammed into the operating expenses, you know, uh, along the way on your way to, you know, uh, riches and profits. Now, I believe once you get past cost of goods sold, marketing actually should be the number one metric you're looking at even before the operating expenses, because you need to know the cost that's going to, what you have to spend to actually get to that revenue number, then everything else takes place. The successful companies are doing that right now. They're seeing that. They're like, okay, well, before I do anything, is my product work? Is it a valuable, you know, viable product? Yes, it is. Okay, what's it going to cost for me to sell this product? What's the number I'm looking to get at? Once you have all of that established, then you build backwards. Okay, well, this is the kind of office I can afford. Maybe these are the types of employees I need with that. Not, I'm going to go open up an office or virtual. I'm going to go hire 50 people, do this, do that. Oh, by the way, here's 10,000 for marketing. You, you, you failed. But if you go the other way, now you're succeeding and now you're starting to modernize your game. And I, so if that answers your question, that's kind of where I think the issues are. No, I, I, I think that is a very valid concern. I love the fact that you're working backwards from, uh, you know, what are, what are you trying to achieve? And, I think uh, what that also might do uh, is saying, is what you're trying to achieve realistic, right? Um, right. It's going to frame it a little bit more as to like, well, I don't have the budget to get to that million that I really need to do that. So I'm going to have to pull that back to be like, well, maybe it's 500,000 this year. It's not, it's not a million. You know, what is that? Or is it 350? If it's a small business, what is that realistic? Yeah, I think I could do that. Right. Um so I, I love the fact that you're actually talking about, you know, 
where do you want to go? How, how much are you going to spend to do that and, and move forward from there? Yeah. And the only thing I'll I'll say, just a small caveat is that it's not just about spending money on Google and Facebook. Cause I know people may hear the call and be like, well, it's, you know, look, you may have existing clients. You may be plugged into a lot of great networking groups. There may be, so there's ways in which it doesn't, your leads don't have to come from Google and Facebook. There are ways in which you can attack this from a different angle and you don't have to spend a half a million dollars or a million dollars to, to get to your goal. However, if you don't have all of those other outlets, if you don't have tread on the tires from past business relationships and so forth, then unfortunately, yes, it, you are literally at the mercy of what they're dictating. So just want to kind of put that out there where it's not the end all like, okay, well, if I don't spend you know this much money on Google AdWords, I'm out of business. That, that's not true. Yeah. No, I, I mean, there's plenty of other places that you could spend, right? Whether it's third-party sites or, you know, goodness, you could even be a sponsor on, on different podcasts and yes. do that. Right. And it doesn't mean that you have to, the, where you might actually be paying a flat fee for the, uh, an episode versus saying, I have to pay this much per lead. So there's differences, but you're still going to pay one way or another. So it's, it's really figuring out like, what is the uh, cost associated with that to get to where I need to do? And, and, Honestly, once you're on these other platforms doing those type of things, you still have to measure like how many leads am I getting in for that cost and what is, you know, where, whereas, uh, you know, AdWords, it's, it's, you know, every, everybody does AdWords. So yeah, it's just, it's mastering the allocation of your customer acquisition costs, whatever that allocation is, that's what you as a business owner have to get completely in tune with, know the allocation within your CAC. And if it's profitable, wherever that allocation may be, that's the key to succeeding in marketing. I love it. I love it. Well, I just want to thank you so much for, you know, I, I think if we, we talk about more, it's going to get really, really deep. So I just wanted to thank you so much for, for being on the show. And, uh, I'm going to do a wrap up afterwards, kind of going over this. Uh, and, uh, I hope to talk to you soon. Sure. Thanks for having me. Awesome. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Entrepreneur's Marketing Journey Podcast. Now, to get the most value from this episode, make sure to check out the show note resources in the episode on emjpodcast.com. And if you feel like you got value from the episode and you'd like to receive more marketing tips from us, then feel free to subscribe to the podcast on the podcast platform of your choice so you never miss out on an episode. This is the Entrepreneur's Marketing Journey Podcast with Matt Hepburn, And we'll see you next time.